Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Welcome back to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. I am Jacob Perry. I'm joined here with Paxton Gray and Brandon Hassler. This week's episode, we have a new guest, and that is McKay Crookston from Give It. How are you, McKay? Doing very well. Thank you. So, McKay, as a quick introduction, why don't you tell us uh, who you are and what you do uh, and keep it under 60 seconds. Yeah, so my name is McKay Crookston. I am the CEO of Give It, and we offer a free donation pickup service. It's the most easy, convenient way to donate your used goods. That's awesome. That's the perfect elevator pitch. Yeah, I, in fact, uh, have a question. I know we're not in that segment yet, but I just told my wife uh, who was on the show this week, and uh, she hadn't heard of the product, and so I talked to her about what it is and uh, she said it's completely free, like no strings attached. Like they'll just come pick up stuff. Can, can uh, you confirm that? Yes, I can <laughs> confirm that. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So as far as agenda this week, we're going to get into our first segment, which is uh, hot topics of the week as far as news in the in the industry. Uh, after that, we'll get back into the interview with McKay. We'll get to know him a little bit better and his company, and hopefully we'll find out uh, what he did to become so successful as it pertains to digital marketing. And hopefully you listeners can uh, can find some nuggets of goodness in there that you can apply to your own business. Anyway, let me throw it out there. What news do you have for us this week? Or or do you, did you, you have it? something? Well, I think we know what we're talking about. You have it, Jacob. Oh, we're only doing one? Well, let, no, let's talk about that first. So should we... Uh, no, let's talk about mine first, because okay, mine's go. small. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so Google uh, basically revealed that all of their Google Voice search results, which is basically a one-item search result because it doesn't deliver more than one, uh, all that comes from mainly featured snippets. So feature snippets is really like the hot item right now. And uh, if you can get on the first page and land that feature snippet, then you're going to be the only result for Google Voice searches, which is especially big with the Google Phone and uh, Google's Phone Pixel, as well as the Google Home product. So if you potentially would be searched for by voice, that's going to be number one right now on your list. So there are cases where questions are asked and answered in the snippet. So you'll have like four different questions and they're they're answered by different websites. But in, in most cases, and maybe I'm wrong here, but in most cases... You only have one rich snippet. Right. So you're saying that they're going to designate one specific snippet snippet uh, as a result for voice search? Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the majority of the, the cases is there's only one snippet for that particular term. And yeah. so you got to be that snippet. It's a lot of competition, but the payoff is pretty big potentially if you're in the right market. Do we know the statistics behind uh, how many searches are done via your voice versus your keyboard uh we don't we don't don't, like do they i don't know i'm I'm sure they do i don't know though should we should we voice command 
ask that question? Why don't you ask Siri? Yeah, we'll do it later. So anyway, that's new. That's what I got. How new is that? Um, I don't know. A couple days, I believe. Is that how long you've known about it? No, I've known about it since today. Oh, okay. So in other news, and this news isn't super new, but uh, there is an update. Slack purchased a full-page uh, on the New York Times ad, yeah. Full-page ad <laughs> full to New page York Times. Full-page ad in the New York Times, uh, and it was an open letter to Microsoft in response to them coming out with a, a, a competitor or a platform that competes with Slack. Um, just, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, on inbound.org, there's a quick little snippet here that uh, shows kind of both factions there are a few people who um, think that the the letter was smarmy, and that's a quote from Inbound. The tone is smarmy. Uh, we get a definition for that word. I <laughs> don't know what smarmy means. It's like smug. Sounds like a word that like Donald Trump Con- would use in condescending. The smarmy is a legit word. It's not like bigly. That's right. Big it, league. I know. <laughs> I know. Ingratiating and wheedling in a way that is perceived as insincere or excessive. Can can, can you look up those words? Ingratiating now? <laughs> and, and wheedling. Uh, no, that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. Uh, Smarmy. Seems yeah. to me like they basically took out a full page ad for Microsoft. Basically, drawing more attention to their product than Microsoft may have done themselves. Yeah, so this isn't actually the first time something like this has been done. Yeah, Apple did it. Apple did it in the 80s. But Apple was the incumbent. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, I always no. forget. Is the incumbent <laughs> the old one? Yeah. Okay, so right? Apple was not the incumbent. I, I, no. No, yeah, I'm right. He's saying you're wrong. He's saying I'm wrong. saying, yeah, Microsoft Incum- was the incumbent. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft was the big player. Incumbent. Apple came in. And uh, currently holding office. Exactly. So, like, Microsoft had the market share. Everyone knew about them. Right now, Slack has more market share than Microsoft does in this particular area. And I think it's a mistake to draw more attention to this product. To be honest, I I don't know that I would have even heard about it had it not been for this ad. Heard about Slack? No, heard about Microsoft's new product that competes with Slack. That's true. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, oh, you know what? Sorry. This was uh, Apple ran it against IBM. It wasn't against Microsoft. But IBM was also in 1981. Yeah. Do you guys use at 97th floor? Is Slack the primary communication? It is. That's all we use pretty much internally. So d- did that replace Honey? It did. It replaced Honey. It replaced Gchat. It replaced texting and email. Going all and in. And Basecamp, actually. Well, that's the point of Slack, I guess. Yep. Vivint. I assume uh, we do use Slack at Vivint, yes. Like unofficially or? Uh, no, it, well, I don't, well, I don't, well, like I don't know Like company-wide type thing or is <laughs> like, it kind of like? Can you talk to anybody in the organization no, with chat uh, reliably? No, no, it's uh, it's just our acquisition marketing team. So what is it then, email? Is that like the default most reliable form of communication there? No, no, we use email. Like when you communicate to your boss, is that through it's email? It's through email. Okay. Yeah. Slack is used uh, as more of a project management tool to keep track of where we are with specific tasks. Okay. What about I give it? Yeah, we use Slack quite heavily, but for real official, important things, especially more one-on-one stuff, we still rely on email. Hmm. But, yeah, like uh, like Vivint, you know, we use a lot of that for project management, 
just that casual conversation, uh, sharing files is probably the biggest thing. Hey, I'll just slack you that file. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun when you have a brand that, uh, turns into a verb, right? Yeah. True. And so, do any of you pay for it? Is we my know. follow-up question. We do. We you guys do? do? Yeah. You're we, the first person I've met that actually pays for Slack. Actually, you met me first, and we pay for Slack. <laughs> oh. Well, he's the first person to say he pays. That's because right. he interrupted me. But I did meet you first. I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Why do you guys pay? What's the reasoning? I have no idea. Is it the unlimited archive of messages? Uh, I don't remember why, to be honest. I we, think it's we, the amount of communication you can have before it cuts you off we got uh free socks sweet did we you did, get free swag? we didn't get anything oh uh, yeah we got we Dude, got you swag. love swag man yeah i love swag you get swag any way you can actually let me tell you about this swag because i was not involved in the purchase of the slack um and yet you still got socks i so i didn't get free socks when i said we i meant vivant uh, we got we got free socks but they are so nice that i actually went and purchased them from the, from their store <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fifteen dollars wow. and you can get a pair I got free of socks from MailChimp for Christmas. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're very thin though. Okay. Uh, anyway, that right. killed the topic That's there. Right. Let's yeah. move on. So that uh <laughs> that covers our current events segment of this uh this week's episode. Okay, so McKay, uh we want to come back to give it. Um you've often described it as uh magic. In a lot of the interviews that you've done, the magic button that t- I don't know the exact quote, uh, the magic button that gets your that takes your stuff away. Yeah, the magic disappear button. Yeah, uh, we're playing with a new one called the just poof it. Uh, we don't know. We're doing a little bit of market research there to see if that how well that plays out with uh, people. But so far, it's got some good reception. Um, but yeah, that's the concept. That's the idea. Is you know, it's just it's a click and it goes away. It doesn't work on kids or, like, <laughs> spouses, though. Or dog poop. Or dog poop, no. So how long <laughs> you guys been around? Uh, just over a year. Okay. And, and go ahead. I was going to say, any funding, like financing, or are you guys completely ground up, self-funded? Yeah, you know, uh, I fund it, and my partner funds it. Uh, but outside funding, no. We're totally <clears throat> bootstrapped right now, and I love it. I love it that way. It really breeds creativity and it just forces you to figure out how to make things work um one of the worst things i think a startup can do is prematurely take money because it you lose that creativity and that that driving factor that just makes you have to figure out how to get this to work Mm -hmm. it seems like one of those products like squatty potty um these different companies i mean the Harmon brothers i guess every commercial they make i could see a commercial for how simple it is to donate and all the problems that you're getting rid of, but you had the cost of those ads, which are usually at least 50 grand to get it produced. And then the additional spend, which I don't know if that's crossed your mind of like, should we do, like, should we invest in a commercial? Have you guys thought about that? Yeah, we, we actually talk a lot about it. Um, and that, that's interesting. Cause that kind of leads into, I think what you guys really want to talk about is how have we been marketing and how do we market? Um, and, uh, that's not the website, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I went to yeah. What are you looking at? Givit.com, and uh, it has this weird Hillary and Trump. Giveithub.com. I, I will yeah. say this though: I, I did I did stumble upon a news article. It might even be up here in my browser. 
no, I don't. I don't think I have it up anymore. Anyway, it, it was an article about your company, but the main uh, featured image was uh, had a picture of this website, the GIV. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not I'll, good. I'll, I'll look <laughs> that up. I'll find it before uh, before we end the show. So, we'll, so why did you guys up. decide on the on Give It Hub specifically? You know, because Give It Give It wasn't available. Well, it is available. It's just our funding doesn't currently support the purchase price of it. Right. Do you know the purchase price? <laughs> yeah. What is it? It's about thirty thousand. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. For that, it, you know, it's a what, five six letter domain name. I'm gonna go purchase that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to do it, we'll lease it from you for like fifty bucks a month. Yeah. You know, we, we'd be happy to do that. So McKay, is this your full time job? It is. Yes. I've been on this full time for just over a year now. Can you tell us? Uh, what is your what's what what's the what's the revenue stream? How do you make money off of this? Great question. So, and this is really interesting because a lot of people don't realize what's actually happening in the thrift industry. Yeah. And so, when I tell people this, they're like, "What?" Like, it just kind of blows their mind. But when you donate stuff to any thrift store, um, statistically and nationwide, what you're looking at seventy five percent of that stuff is bundled up and sold to developing countries. And this goes for even the local thrift industries here in Utah that some people think, oh, they just give everything away. No one in the industry gives this stuff away. You as the consumer are the only person that's donating in that chain. Yes, there's the exception where they will send a crate to a disaster relief. But by and large, it all gets bundled up and sold to these developing countries. What was the percentage you gave? 75%. Gets exported and sold to these third or these developing countries. So, so seventy five percent. I mean, obviously that's significant. When I donate, uh, what organizations are you putting into that seventy five percent? Like, who are we donating to that are selling the uh, the donations? Goodwill, Salvation Army, Desert Industries, Savers, uh, Tabitha's Way, Big Brothers Big Sisters, Friends so, of MS, so, okay. all so of that, them. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. 75% they sell to developing com- or countries. You're saying that that extra 25% is being resold in their stores here domestically? Yes. Wow, that blows that my mind what a happens. little bit. Yeah, yeah it, it really does. It, it's surprising. you know. And here's, here's an even bigger statistic, and this is what really got me thinking and going, this is a problem, and this is unacceptable, and this has to be addressed. But in the U.S., every year, 85% of all the clothing that we purchase ends up in the landfill. And that equates to 25 billion pounds that wow. we are throwing away. That's interesting. <clears throat> That's huge. One last question. That 75%, are those items that no one would want to buy from the stores? So they're selling it to these developing countries who have kind of a lower threshold for what they're looking for when they're purchasing I mean, I, I imagine question. there's just so much junk that Americans just don't want. Like, so, we're not going to buy that. Yeah, so it, it, there is a—let me preface that by letting you know there is such a high demand for this stuff in these developing countries. They want it. They love it. Because even a used shirt, even if it has a stain on it, they still want it because it's still cheaper and better quality than what they get from other countries. So one of the alternatives is all this clothing from China which is so cheap that they don't want it. They would rather have second-hand clothing from America than the first-hand clothing from China that they would alternatively get. So well, a hmm. lot of the first-hand clothing from America is first-hand clothing from China. 
but it's a different quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, we get a better quality. It's, it's mostly from India, Thailand, uh, countries like that. Yeah. But what happens is when you donate, they immediately take 50%. They just, all these stores, they immediately divide it in half. 50% automatically gets, uh, it doesn't get sorted. It just gets bundled up, bundled, and uh, exported. Interesting. The yeah. other 50% goes out on the shelves. 25% of that gets sold. The remaining 25% is then exported. I see what you're saying. Okay. So that's how we come up with the 75%. Yeah. So I, actually, as I'm thinking through this, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, there are probably still questions about what the process is. So just to clear that up, you have an app. You download the app, and it's very simple. It gives you options on what kind of things you want to donate. It takes a quick picture, and then it submits it to your database uh, where charities can then come and almost shop around the inventory of what's submitted, and then they're the ones who pick it up. Give it is you don't have a delivery and a pickup service. It's the charities themselves that are doing that. Is that right? So that's almost correct. We started out with that model and following lean startup process and methodology, we learned that that was the wrong model for us. Uh, we tried it, and what we found is that customers weren't happy with that model because it took too long. People want it gone now. Okay. And our, our main demographic, which are mothers with a couple of kids, they, who are at home, like, yeah, cleaning out they, the they, house. I just want it gone. Like, I don't care where it goes. I don't want to throw it away because that's irresponsible. I want to make sure it goes somewhere good. Yeah. But I just want it out of my life. And so by being able to get it gone same day, that was huge. And that's what really pushed our MPS score up to over 80. And when we did that, it was like, ah, oh, we've got product market fit. Yeah. And that's when people really started loving it. And so what we do is we leverage uh, on-demand courier services, such as uh, like Lyft drivers and Uber and Pigeon Ship. And what they do is we just let them know, hey, we've got this pickup in the area, and they run by and they pick it up same day for us. So you're, pay you're paying for that service? Yeah. Okay, so we still haven't answered the question how you make money. Well, so what's we, your revenue Yeah, stream? so just like the rest of the industry, we bundle it up and we export it to the to developing countries. So you're selling it directly. Uh, so all of a sudden you become the savers. You become the goodwill in the yeah, desert in, industries. In a very high level view, yeah. But our, we're so different too because we're giving customers something that no one else has ever done before. So Yeah, yeah desert industries isn't going to pick. Well, I was just, just going to ask, as soon as savers or goodwill or desert industries sees the success, what's stopping them from creating uh, competition. Let them. Uh, I, here, here's the here's the point that really needs to be driven yeah. home. Savers, DI, all these guys, they are not my competition. My well, competition. They're not yet. They're no, not now. no, they're 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 such small players in the market. Remember the number I told you at first. Eighty five percent. Yeah. Of everything is going to the landfill. The trash can is my main competitor. Hmm. That's who we have to be better than. We have to be better than the than the trash can, and we can do that because you don't have to pay for the, the trash can. You got to pay for it. That's kind of depressing having to tell people your competition is. A, <laughs> that, that, is and that's yard. really yeah, it, right? You're competing on ease, right? I mean, right. That's, that's what the trash can has is ease, right? Yeah. They've got the ease, and and we're not looking at this. We let me just emphasize: I love the earth. I love the planet. I I believe that we are here to take care of it. And we have a stewardship and a responsibility to be responsible. And that 
means something different to everyone. Everyone interprets that a little bit differently. And I, I lead with that because I think that's something important, but that is not our mission. Our mission is not necessarily to do something that's green, and, and that's a byproduct of what we're doing. Our mission is to make donating and getting things recycled so much easier than throwing it away. And the byproduct of that is we're going to be more responsibly getting rid of the stuff and mm-hmm. saving it from the landfill. Right. Uh, so how many install – is that how you measure progress is installs uh, of the app? Like how many people have it downloaded? Yeah, users and then the donation rate and the okay. repeat. And how many users do you have right now? We have just over 1,500 users. Okay. And they're predominantly in Utah. Okay. And do you – are you able to work outside of Utah? And it, that just happens to be where – the market is starting to grow right now, or are you limited right now in services to, to Utah? Yeah, so currently we're servicing the Wasatch Front between Ogden and Santa Quin. Okay. And when they're outside of Utah, we do have an option where they can do a mail-in. So it's not as convenient. We haven't got that yet, but we're right at that precipice where we've nailed product market fit. We've got our MPS scores to prove that, and... We are now just going, okay, it's time to focus on marketing. Mm. Now it's time to really grow this area, refine the process, get the systems in place so that now we can roll it out to these other cities. So what have you seen up to this point in terms of marketing? Like what has gotten you to the point where you're at, where you have 1,500? Is it all just word of mouth, like you guys getting out in the community or anything uh, that you've done online to make that happen? Yeah, so we've done very little. It's it's it, As good as it sounds – it's been predominantly word of mouth. And that's like, it's awesome. Like, yes. But it's also so hard to track because mm. like, people are like, yeah, I tell my friends and I heard about it from a friend and, and you're like, that's awesome. But I can't track that. It's really hard. And so uh, we have found that uh, we've had one news story run uh, that was uh, significant. Uh, KSL, they're the leader in media coverage here in Utah. And that really was a good test and showed us that, you know, getting a good news article can, be a big bump but other than that it's all been word of mouth okay yeah because i was doing some research it looks like you guys don't have any like ppc up and running at this no, point we don't no seo uh do you, do, you, are, do you have you done any work on social media at all we've done a little bit we have a small uh presence on facebook uh and even smaller it's almost embarrassing how small it is <laughs> on twitter um and you know i was talking to brandon a little bit earlier um i was saying that like one of the most important things like in in a startup, you've got to have like a really good, strong tech co-founder. Hmm. And then second, you got to have a really strong marketing person. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, then you get to try and figure it out as you go. And that's honestly, that's where we're kind of at is trying to figure out this marketing thing and how does it work. And I think that's my biggest piece of advice for anyone else that's in this arena right now that's like in a startup, they've got product market fit. Uh, and you even have to do it a little bit before you have product market fit because that's how you get it is you got to do a little bit of marketing. you got to get a few users. Um, there's like an ocean of opportunities. There's an ocean of solutions. There's all these different channels, all these different things that you can go down and try and figure out how is this going to work and what do I need to do. And just following the regular lean startup process, you just got to pick one and start testing it, yeah. seeing what's going to work and what isn't. So currently, what what's your plan of attack? Like, what are you gonna tackle first and see and test? Uh, probably Facebook. We've got a lot of validation that um, our target demographic, uh, talking to our customers, and, and that's a part of it. We we call up and we talk to our customers. 
every day we've got a minimum quota that we have to fit, make that we've talked to so many customers and asked them. And again, again, they're like, Facebook, we want to hear about it. We want to learn about it on Facebook. So now we're playing with some ads. Uh, we're working on um, some storyboarding on short little videos, you know, mm-hmm. six, 10 second videos, start playing around with that. Uh, and just really trying to, we're trying to hone in the message right now. Yeah. Um, what do women want to hear? Do they want to hear just poof it and it's gone? Do they want to hear, you know, save more time, declutter? There's so many different avenues that we can go down. We're just right there at that beginning stages of figuring out what's going to work. Yeah. seems like you guys are at a really great uh, time. Right now, minimalism and decluttering is a huge part of pop culture. Marie Kondo's yes. uh, joy of magic. I can't remember. The magic joy of tidying up or something yep. like that. Um, Not to mention the demographic in Utah probably has, uh, oh yeah, has a bigger, you know, desire to donate and to, I don't know if that's accurate. It seems yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. What, what I don't we want to found exclude is, everybody. You know, like people a... people love to have that like I'm socially good, I'm socially responsible, but what it really comes down to is that has like very little bearing. That's probably like five percent of it. What they really want is they just want it gone. Yeah, they want stuff out I, of their house. Just, just get it out of my life. I'm done with it. I don't, I don't care. Just, I prefer not to go to the garbage. But the evidence shows that eighty-five percent of it ends up in the garbage because that's what's easy. So the website uh, is thecrossroadsjournal.com. Did you yes. have any part of that? Yeah, I remember that. So they've got they, their featured image has uh, has the other Give It app. Uh, yeah, on is there a link? Uh, no, it's not linked up. But is there like a is link? Is there a link website? on the page anywhere? Uh, there's a there's a URL. It's not a link. There's a URL to their Facebook page, uh, and then it gives McKay's uh, email address. Yeah. You guys yeah. were recently in uh, the One Million Cups competition yes. top five i mean you had startups from all over the country entering and you guys the only one in utah yeah representing is that over or is the top five still no, going it, no it's it's the so everything we have to do is over uh we made it to the top five and then we had to submit a final presentation uh it was a lot of fun just learned incredible amounts of stuff the kaufman foundation who puts on one million cups was just extremely generous in resources and gave us uh coaches and training to really hone in our message. Uh, so big kudos to the Kauffman Foundation, One Million Cups. Check it out if you're not sure what it is. Um, we're at the top five, um, and they're going to announce on the 16th who the winner is. And I got an email last night um, from the lady running the program. We've become good friends. And she goes, I just want to let you know that we've decided on a winner, but we're still not going to let anyone know until the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> I got really excited for a second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the 16th, we'll know whether we won or not. And have you seen, like, can you track how much exposure that has, like, have you seen an increase in app downloads or is there any marketing benefit to these competitions? You know, I think uh, there's been a lot of personal development that's come along with it. And, you know, we've done several of these competitions. There was another one that uh, the Celebrate and Innovate put on by TechCo that we made it to the top 50 in the nation. There was over a thousand startups that applied to that. We went out and did a big competition in San Jose. Uh, these, I would just encourage anyone, like, this is all media coverage. 
and you can take that banner, you can put it on your website, and it can show, you know, you know, you're getting some traction there as far as legitimacy. People are, it gives you some credibility. But above all, it take the opportunity to learn from the people that you're meeting because they're going to help you so much. And there's so many wonderful people out in the world that just want to help entrepreneurs and want to help the little guy and want to help you grow and succeed. And you just have to ask. Yeah, that's true. So you guys have Google Analytics set up on your site. We do. What is currently your biggest source of traffic? Um, uh, probably Facebook leads. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it really seems like that's right where your market's going to be is Facebook and building out a good campaign there. Uh, are you the one that's overseeing that that part, <laughs> the, the Facebook stuff? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> You sound uh, hesitant. He sounds, he sounds embarrassed. Is well, yeah, I am a little embarrassed. Um, I I come from a tech background. I was in IT for uh, since I, I I started in the corporate world back at a little company, a startup called PowerQuest, back in the '90s when I was 13 years old. And I grew up there, and they got really big, and they sold to Symantec, and then um, I worked for Omniture, and I grew through that. And I, I was always in IT, and then I I realized. I don't like IT. I like entrepreneurship and I want to do something else. And so here's this weird, awkward kind of geeky guy that loves entrepreneurship. That's now trying to be a marketer. And I don't know if you know, like the, if you've ever seen the IT crowd, Yeah, like yep. that's me. I'm like this kind of dork and I'm, I'm having to like break out of my shell and learn how to be a salesman, learn how to be a marketer. And for anyone out there that's listening that, is thinking, wow, that sounds like me, or what is this guy doing? It's possible. You know, Napoleon Hill said, whatever a man thinketh and believeth or can conceive, he can achieve. And if we put our minds to it, you can become anything that you want. And I'm not the best marketer, but because there's resources like Marketing Campus and Brandon, I can go out and I can study and I can learn and I can implement it and change it. And we're so far off from where we need to be with marketing, but there's so many resources I'm able to attach in and I'm growing and growing and getting better and better at it. So just dive in and try it. What are some of the top things that you've uh, used to learn where you're going to take that next step and what you're going to test? So my wife, yeah, <laughs> she's been a, a huge resource for me. Um, up until a year ago, I didn't have a Facebook account. I was like totally anti-social networks. I hated them. Uh, and it's funny because back at Omnichart, I remember Josh was like, everyone needs to sign up on this thing called LinkedIn and get on Facebook. And and I'm like, whatever. Like that's so – Yeah. I, I just totally resisted. And um, going through Startup Ignition, you know, John started talking about it and uh, he kind of pushed us to all get on and – um there's a lot of value. Um, and so I actually spend a lot of time on Facebook now, just being very analytical, looking and seeing like what kind of ads and, you know, the colors and the videos and the wording. And I, I kind of use it just to like learn and just buy examples that are out there. Sometimes that's the best way for me. anyway. Yeah. So you're just kind of observing what works, what doesn't work, testing some stuff, and that's kind of where you're getting the main source of your knowledge right now. Yeah. I Well, I, I go out there. I don't see really what doesn't work because that's usually not out right, there. Right. I, I learned that by putting out and spending, you know, $20 on that and going, 
Well, Losing there goes another bucks. 20 yeah. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Facebook is a fast way to lose a lot of money if you... It is. Yeah. It's kind of like gambling. You know, yeah. you're like, wow, where, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, at least you I, can learn from it. Jacob and I used to run Facebook ads back in the day. And uh, some of them did awesome, but we did lose a lot of money. Are you talking about the, our promoted posts? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of like R&D money, right? You just kind of throw it at it, not necessarily expecting a ton of return. Yeah. Which is, I doubt what he's trying to do. Probably not a lot of R and D budget, uh, with a, with a startup, like give up. Give it, it. It, yeah. But, there's not a lot, but it is kind of R and D, right? Because yeah. it's, while it's not a technology you're developing, it's, it's marketing. Yeah. You and know, after, you're, you're defining that marketing message. After a couple of months of some failures, I feel like we, we did a pretty good job of finding out what worked and, uh, we're able to improve and consistently generate results and a return on investment after some time. So I think you're, I mean, that sounds like yeah, right where you're at. Well, and even here, like, even if you have a small budget or no budget, it's still cheaper in our day with social media to get out and experiment. Like, yeah, like it's $1,000. And $1,000 is a lot of money to a startup, right? But think of where we would have been 15 years ago. There's nowhere oh, yeah. you could have tested that. You're going to get a, a billboard for 1000 bucks. And then how, how do you track it? Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's awesome, the tools out there. So I contacted Brian. Jackson. Is he your intern or is he your employee? He is our temporary employee. <laughs> temporary. <laughs> he's, he's, gonna, the, he's the It temp. depends on how this conversation goes. He'll be yeah. let go by the time this airs. <laughs> he, uh, no, Brian has been, uh, he's come, he's, he had an opening up in his schedule for a couple months, um, and he's getting ready to go to Dev Mountain, and he wants to become a developer, but he had a couple months before the next cohort started. And we were friends. We knew each other for a while. And he loves what we're doing. He's like, I'd love to come help you out. Did he listen to the show with Tyler from this week? I don't know. No, we got to we gotta get him on that because he could be coming in with Tyler and maybe get a half-off coupon. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, anyway, I talked to, I've talked to Brian today. Uh, it wasn't for the show. Uh, I, I noticed on your website that uh, on the list of things that can be donated, mattresses were on there. Uh, so I downloaded the app, and mattresses weren't on your app. So I, I emailed uh, your support email, and he got back to me um, 23 minutes later, which I was pretty impressed with. And I was, I was keeping track of that because I knew that I would bring this up uh, on the show. 23 minutes to respond to my email, uh, answering my question about a mattress. We just got a new mattress, and we want to get rid of our old one. And that's how I learned about um, the courier service, uh, pigeon ship. Correct. So my question, for, well, first of all, let me commend you on hiring Brian, and he was doing a really great job. His email is great. He gave me his cell phone number. I don't know. Uh, uh, I imagine it's his cell phone number. I don't know. If yeah, it just... is. Yes. <laughs> um, the 888 number? Yeah. Yep, that's his cell that's phone hilarious. number. That's hilarious. Yep. Uh, anyway, it was great email. Uh, I'll forward this on to you and, and, uh, you can give him a raise for how well he's done. But, um, really my question is this, uh, you talked about the evolution of the very beginning where you had a specific model that wasn't really working. So you shifted and you kind of, um, it sounds like originally you were relying on the, uh, charities to be the ones picking up the stuff and your NPS scores weren't high enough. So you Correct. took it upon yourself to take, to do that service, uh, do you see a next step? Because it sounds like because it sounds like you 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 were lean and then you kind of had a little bit more budget to take on more um, of the cost, and that's why the courier services came along. But I imagine if you get big enough, 
are you going to run your own trucks? Are you going like what's the what does the future look like beyond using courier services uh, to gather and collect all the donations? Yeah. So just one caveat before I answer that, um, it, you know, being a startup is very different than being a corporation, and I'm sure you guys know that. But the the purpose of a startup is not to be a mini corporation. It is to find a repeatable, scalable business model. And to validate it. And so that's where we're at. So our roadmap right now today, uh, we do not plan on ever having our own fleet of vehicles. Uh, this is so outside of Utah, that's how most of the thrift industry works. Utah is kind of unique in the thrift industry uh, where everyone donates and drops it off right now. The rest of the nation is used to these pickups, but it's like a two to three week lead time. And one of their biggest costs is trucks and the infrastructure that is involved with that. And they're actually trying to shift away from that when our whole, um, the, the public, everyone wants more on-demand services. So they're kind of moving in opposite directions. And so we, we figure why let's just leverage the on-demand economy that exists right now with Uber and Lyft and all these uh, on-demand delivery services. We can just tie into it and say, Hey, Whoever wants it, you're available to go pick it up. Go so, pick it up. So when I come to you and I say, hey, what does the future look like? Are you going to run your own trucks? So you're thinking, no, that is not the future. That is what's currently being done, and it's not working. It doesn't work. It's expensive. Uh, there's n- very little profit um, and meat on the bone at the end of the day. So I've never heard of using Uber or Lyft to deliver items for you. Is that pretty common? Uh, uh, in different parts of the country, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That is interesting to me. Um why don't you guys pick up mattresses? So there's a couple different uh, problems with that. Yeah. So right now we are, again, going through the Lean Start process. We found that um, we were too broad in our categories and what we were. Originally, we did pick up mattresses. Originally, we picked up couches and furniture. And what we found is that there were too many um, challenges with it, and we needed to just focus in, laser focus in on like one or two things and do that really, really well, and then scale out. And so we had to scale back, focus in. And so right now what we do accept is small household goods and textiles. General rule of thumb, if it fits in a garbage bag, we'll take it. And especially when it comes to textiles, this is a huge misconception. It's a little off topic, but I want to bring this up. We will take any textiles, whether it's ripped, torn, stained, because there's still value in it. Because what happens is when it gets into this chain, it will go through and it will be recycled appropriately. And that's still better than being thrown away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine if you're offering to pick up furniture, uh, a lot of these guys, these courier services, they're one guy, right? There's exactly. An Uber that's driver, a big, there's a, there's yeah. A, they can't carry a sofa or a king-size humongous you know, bed right. without your help. And typically, it's during the day. Yes. When you have your pregnant wife at home or you yeah. know, whatever, uh, who isn't able to help lift that um, and help them carry it. Yeah. That's actually what I ran into is the guy who's coming to pick up the mattress from uh, Pigeon Ship. Uh, he's like, hey, so are you going to be there? Because uh, I'm going to need some help carrying this into my yeah. truck. <laughs> sure. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I can, you know, I've been kind of going through your Facebook posts and uh, it seems like you have really refined your strategy of what you what you post, and that's awesome. Do you guys still have a podcast? Uh, yeah, it's on a bit of a hiatus right now. Okay. Um, hiatus after one episode? 
No, we've actually, well, I think we've posted two, um, and we've got a couple others that we need to edit. Um, it was a, you know, that was a channel that we started chasing down. We still love the idea, um, but where we kind of moved away from the charities, um, we just yeah. have kind of, it's still something we want to do. We, we, even though we're not working with them directly, we still love the charities that we have worked with and we love what they're doing. They're making a huge difference in the world and we love being part of it. Where do you record? Uh, in their office. <laughs> Did you uh, office? switch to talking Just about wherever. refugees at, at some point? Um, yeah. So we originally Catholic community and international rescue committee in Salt Lake, they were some uh, really big partners because they want couches. They want beds. They want this furniture because they're having these refugees come in and literally have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they have at best like a grocery bag with two or three items in it. And they go into these apartments and they're totally empty. Um, yeah. And they really need it. But just if anyone out there like has a really good idea or solution on how to get couches from people's houses to these refugees, contact us. I'd love to talk because it's a big problem. How do you want people to contact you? Um, you can email me at McKay. That's M-A-C. A-A-Y-C at giveithub.com or give me a call, uh, 801-707-0863. Awesome. Cool. I mean, I think that podcast idea is awesome, uh, especially with the fact that, you know, refugees are, I mean, commonly, like it's a big, big thing right now. And uh, people wanting to know more about that subject, I think, is uh, a great opportunity for you guys to get in while educating people about the refugee experience. Right. Yeah. So cool. Awesome idea. I have another question. When you were describing kind of your situation earlier yourself, it almost sounds uh, like you would describe yourself as an introvert. Would you say that's true? (laughs) Yeah. And are you, how active are you? Because we've talked previous episodes a number of times about like networking events. Do you do a lot of networking? I go to every single networking event. Um, Here's the thing about being an introvert. Um, It's awesome. I love it. Brandon's an introvert. <laughs> uh, but but again, you know, going back to what Napoleon Hill said, you know, if you want to become something, you can do it. And so I, you know, and you just, you do what you have to do. Um, and I know my limits and I know like at the end of the event, I may have to check out a little early and go heal and go crawl up my corner and hide and just, <laughs> and heal from that, that moment. But this is what I've got to do, and I and I do love it, and I love going out there and talking to people. Um, being an introvert does not mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means this is who you are. Now own it. Do you have tips for, like, what's your, when you go to an event, what's, like, your strategy? Or maybe even, I'm sure you've gotten better at it, but, like, breaking the ice. Cause that's something we've talked about before, and, and like, Paxson was asking me, I was like, I go to them, but I suck at it. Like, what's the advice that you have on the game plan of how to get the most out of a networking event? You know, keeping a positive mind and a mindset and and psyching yourself out and and finding something that works for you. Something that works really well for me is finding, like, a really good song that I like. It, like, kind of gets me pumped up and energized and then what I find is that once I start talking to people, because I am so passionate about this and I love what we're doing and we're changing the world and I know what we're doing is going to work and I know we're going to make, we're, we're changing the lives of millions and millions of people and we're, we're doing something that's incredible. And when I start telling people that, that energizes me. And so if you're, 
don't believe in what you're doing, figure out how to believe in it and start talking. And when you start talking and telling and sharing that message, it's, it's almost like magic. Mm-hmm. And are you walking up to people and like just cold, hi, yeah. how are you? I'm so-and-so. Yeah. Or do you usually wait for people to come to you? Um, yeah, both. You know, it depends on how far into the evening it is or, or even like at the first evening, like it takes a little bit of time to warm up. Um, I watched my co-founder, Tim, and he's like just hitting people up. Oh, right he's left, good. And he's just like talking. I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I gotta. And sometimes I'll tag on to him a little bit and like borrow some of his energy and borrow some of his enthusiasm. And then it like gets me pumped up and then I can go off and get going. But, so moral of the story, bring a wingman. Yeah, I first, I first heard about Give It like a year ago, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, it was I met Tim at a event Brandon was putting on. And then I met him or saw him again six months later. And he like remembered my name and yeah. he was like, Hey, how's it going? Like that guy is he's he's good. He's sharp. He's, good yeah. at that. he's on he's point. Good at that. Yeah. So we are actually out of time. We gotta wrap up the show. I will say this about Give It. Uh if if I shouldn't say if. When the time comes and your marketing game is on point, I have absolutely no doubt that this is gonna spread like wildfire. Uh, I learned about it, and I, uh, DI or Desert Industries is a big uh, company here in Utah specifically, and that's where everyone takes their stuff. And I cannot tell you how many people are just so frustrated with the piles of bags that just get stuck in their trunk because they they never take it. Right. Uh, so the ease at which uh, using Give It, uh, that ease of use, I think is – your biggest tool. And yeah. if you can message that in a way that, uh, that captures the imagination of those who are, who are seeing what you're doing. Uh, as you said, I have no doubt that you'll find success. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really great. Um, hopefully you get a few more downloads from, from people listening. If you want to reach out, uh, McKay gave his contact information. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, hit us up on Twitter. It's at below the fold. I O uh, you can also email us. That's inbound at belowthefold.io. Uh, we'd love to hear any topic suggestions. If, if, if you're listening and, and think you could contribute to the show and would like to be a guest, reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating too. Yeah, we'd love that. If you have found value, please uh, submit a review. Um, that's it, would, it. It would mean a yeah. lot. <laughs> it would mean a lot to Brandon. Uh, until next week. Wait, what's next week? Oh, that's right. Who is here next week? I'm out of town next week, so you will not no, you won't be have there. to listen oh, to my voice. Right. We have David Malenberg, uh, ah. president of SLC SEM. Yep. President of SLC SEM, David yep. Malenberg. How do you say that? Malenberg. Malenberg? That's how I say it. We'll have to ask we'll him. We'll ask him. <laughs> yep. Well, right. until next week, we'll see you below the fold.